So I'm new here, Dr. Chang. What does exactly you do with the orchid? It's classified. Oh, really? You can't tell anyone? Not even your wife? No. What about your kids? I have a three-month-old son, so no, I haven't told him. Three months? Wow, congrats. What's his name? Miles. Small world. That's your name too, right, Miles? Yeah. So, are you a fan of jazz, Dr. Chang? Like Miles Davis? My wife is. I like country. So, you two have been here for three years now. Must be pretty tight, huh? Dr. Chang and I don't exactly travel in the same circles. I wasn't aware there were circles. Great. We should all get together for a beer sometime. How awesome would that be? Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week we are covering Season 5, Episode 13, Some Like It, Hoth. Of Lost. What? Yeah, of Lost. <laughs> did what? I not say Lost? No, you didn't say Lost, but it's <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, thank God. <laughs> we're, we're a little giggly uh, yeah. getting started with this episode. Not for any right. other reason other than the fact that we're we're idiots sometimes. <laughs> it's it's pure stupidity. That's all it really is. It's all it is. One of these so, days, I just need to like cut. I got to take all the stuff we cut before the episode and just put it in like a gag reel. Oh no! <laughs> it's just gonna be like eight hours of us laughing and going. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. No, I'm not mixed ready. It, mixed in with some. It's a lot of fun. It's that's what a lot of it is. <laughs> oh man. Well, I like this. I like this episode for so many reasons. I like it because it um centers around Miles, who's one of my favorite characters. I like it because Hurley is a big part of it. I like it because we've got all of our regulars kind of spattered in there, and it has a big Star Wars analogy to it. So it checks all my boxes. It does, but I and and Hurley is a big part of it, but I have a major issue with Hurley this episode that I'm just going to come right out and say. Um, oh, hang on. We are a spoiler-filled podcast, so please beware of spoilers. Go on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's <laughs> just throw that out there right now. Uh, um, and I might be in the minority about this, but the Ewoks did not suck. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> the Ewoks did not suck. And you know what? I take... It, I, I take issue with this same as you because does that mean Jack Bender doesn't like Ewoks? Does that oh. mean that Damon Lindelof and Carlton Coos, if I said any of that right, does that mean they don't like Ewoks? Because if that's the truth, then they've lost a lot of trust with me. Uh, well, I mean, so, well, wait a minute. Even bigger than that, no, nope, I put it together. I know where that came from. That came Tell from me. JJ. Oh, uh, why? Because JJ's the diehard Star Wars fan. Okay, he, but he ended up directing epi directing the newer movies of Star Wars. He probably threw really, this in there. 
but they all have really cute little creatures in the sequels. No, I'm not denying that that they're cute. I like I said, I completely disagree that the Ewoks suck or that the Ewoks don't suck. Well, and that's <clears> what I'm saying. Like if JJ Abrams is is saying, you know, the Ewoks suck, then why would he direct sequels with cute little creatures? Well, those are the porgs. They're so cute. And the crystal critters, the crystal dogs. Oh yeah. And then there were and then there were, I mean, BB-8 is is adorable. bb is one of the best droids ever. I know, but I mean, he's adorable is what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's, it's kind just of- Just like pro- the Ewoks are adorable. It's kind of appropriate that Let's we're having- Let's make this a Star Wars podcast. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of appropriate that we're having this conversation about this episode of Lost that has Star Wars references and talking about Star Wars, uh, because the day we're recording this is Star Wars Day Europe. It's Star Wars oh. Celebration Europe. Okay. It's one of the reasons why the day they we're got recording. It wrong. What? They got it wrong. Who got it wrong? It's May the 4th. Well, that's for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they got it wrong over in, in the U.K. That's what I'm um, saying. Anyways, what are they doing? But I mean, on the day that we're recording this, we got announcements of, we got an Ahsoka trailer. Mm-hmm. Which you and I watched before we started mm. recording. Um, we got an Indiana Jones trailer, but that's just because it was Disney. Um, we got an announcement of an of three new Star Wars movies. One of them being about Ray, because Daisy Ridley is coming back to reprise yes. the role. That's gonna be great. Um, Are they doing got, Old Republic? I don't know, but we did get we did get casting announcements for Skeleton Crew and a couple other series. So. I, it, it's kind of appropriate that this is a heavily, this is a Star Wars referenced episode of Lost, and we're actually talking about it on Star Wars Celebration Europe Day. Yeah, you know, I loved, I mean, going with the Star Wars and linking it back into Lost, um, you know, I just love the fact that we got this big analogy about, you know, fathers and sons, communication, forgiveness you know, in, in a miles heavy episode, since the whole reason why he's really on that Island, I think at this point is to be with his dad or to meet his dad, to find his dad. I mean, it couldn't have been a happy accident that he went back to the Island. Cause but, I mean, could it, I think it is. I really do. I don't really think he went back to the Island to meet his father because even, even in everything that was going on, in the three years that, that since he's been there, he knew his father. He ended up discovering his father was there. He says as him and his father travel in different circles, and he really only ever worked with his father when he was forced to. Um, I, I so I don't really know. It's never revealed though how he discovered Pierre Chang is his father, unless he just knew his father's name. I mean, is there more? Well, his father had like six different names. And Hurley even makes mention of that in the episode as well. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he had to have known that his father was at one point on the island. And the fact that they went back in time was maybe a happy accident. Well, because when, well, when he talks to his mother about it, like his mother tells him, like, he's somewhere you can never go. Right. So I don't well, know if I mean, he ever had any intention of ever going there to meet his father. I think if I had to guess... I would say maybe at some point he saw his mother. 
Oh, yeah. Remember, he did say that when he was in line to register, his mom lined up behind him. Yeah, I think that's how he discovered that was his father. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. I, I don't think he ever had any intention of going to the island to find his father. I think it mm-hmm. was basically happy life coincidence. Well, in this show, there's no coincidence. Very true. However, Very true. this seems to be a big one at the same well, time. <clears throat> it poses a question, though, that I just re- I actually just thought of. So we it's something we had talked about earlier and we kind of we get a definitive answer of this time, too, is that Miles was. He had to have been born on the... Oh, no! He didn't have to be born on the island because at that... I think up until that point, women left the island to give birth. No, because wasn't it if you got pregnant off the island, you were able to give birth? Oh, maybe that's... Okay, maybe that's what it was. But it, but again, it, it, it doesn't change the question that I had in that very clearly we see that Miles's mother is sick when he goes and he confronts her about his father. Um, I'm assuming it's probably cancer just by head thinning or hair thinning and, and, and such mm-hmm. could incidents that happened on the Island be what made his mother sick. 100%. You think so? Yeah. I mean, they were on the Island when the incident occurred. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking too, is right. that there's some kind of radiation or, something that happened that that is the reason why his mother is sick. Right. I did read a cool piece of trivia um, earlier today when I was prepping about, um, about his father, that he has the same ability that miles does, which is why the corpse was being brought to uh, Pierre Chang because he could find out what happened to him uh, when he died just like Miles can do that. Is and that a why, theory or was that confirmed? No, it's it's not under theories. I think it's under co- confirmation that they have the same powers, which is which makes sense because they have all these doctors on the island as far as the Dharma Initiative goes, but they bring a dead body to Pierre Chang, who's a scientist, instead of the doctors over at headquarters. That's a good point. I never really thought of it, and I don't ever remember that being mentioned unless it's something that's mentioned later. But, I mean, that is a good point. Why would you have a body brought to him? Right. Because, I mean, what he what's he going to do with it? Right. Unless he does have that ability to read it. Right. Because Miles was able to unzip the bag and say, like, what happened to you? And then find out what happened to him. Um. And then, you know, he brings him to Pierre. Pierre's guys take him back. Pierre leaves for a little bit. Then he comes back and he's like, I got to get to Radinsky right now. Let's get in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Again, I don't ever remember that being discussed or mentioned that his father has that ability, but maybe it's just something that. Maybe it's something that was added. Yeah. Yeah. As like a character development background story thing. Something to add it to canon that just kind of, you know, made it a little bit make more sense. It totally makes sense, especially since, you know, we see um, Miles talking to his mom as she's dying. And he's like, 
why am I the way that I am? Why is it that I can do what I can do? Like, tell me about my dad. And she's like, no, absolutely not. I mean, that to me foreshadows the fact that maybe his abilities does have something to do with his father. And then I think that it's for the viewer to put together on their own when a body is brought to him, just like a body was brought to Miles as his audition to join the Widmore team to go to the island. Mm. Well, I mean, here, I mean, here's another thought too. And this is one of the reasons why I love doing this is because I start to think of stuff I didn't even think of as I was watching. Do you think there's a possibility that maybe <clears throat> the island is what gave Miles this ability, not his father? Like, or the island allowed the ability to carry over to Miles, knowing that Miles would be recruited later. Because remember, we do get. <clears throat> We do see at one point in this episode where we are, we're kind of jumping all over the place in this episode. Well, I but think it's fine. anything is possible. But I mean, we do see at one point that Miles was given a choice to which team to work with Team Bram or Team Naomi. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Team Whitmore is, you know, Team Naomi. But, um, so I mean, it's basically yeah, Team Bram versus Team Naomi, or Team Whitmore versus Team Jacob, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. But we don't well, know yet at this the shadow of the statue. Yeah, but we don't know yet at this point that Team Bram technically is Team Jacob. We have an inclination, but we don't know for sure yet. And we have theorized, you and I have on this um, on this podcast that Team Whitmore is Team Man in Black. Mm-hmm. So I mean it goes right back to Jacob and man in black every single time, all pathways lead back to these two central characters that we don't even know about until the last season. Yeah. Black versus white. Yeah. The whole thing is, and we're, we're going to get, we're going to get the, the scene that basically shows it. Everything is a chess game. Mm -hmm. This is all one big chess game. And every person that we're seeing is a piece of it. And that's interesting that you say that because we see Hurley, who is, you know, kind of a a mediator. He takes on a mediator role in in this particular episode, but his composition book is black and white as he writes in it. He mentions that he plays chess with Mm -hmm. dead people. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of foreshadowing to Hurley's ultimate end. We're seeing, you know, a lot of elements of Jacob and the man in black in this episode. So there's a lot of things that are happening below the surface of the story that's being presented to us. Ooh, I didn't even think about Hurley playing chess being a symbol of Hurley being the ultimate protector. Right. And being the person who ends up taking over playing the game. It's very cool, right? Didn't even think about that. And now I'm like, I'm smiling. Good. Because that's amazing. Because I love that analogy. Because again, he does, uh, spoiler, uh, you know, spoiler warning out there. He is the one that ends up becoming the guardian of the island at the end. So he would be the one playing the game Mm -hmm. at the end. He's no longer a piece. He's playing the game. He's also, (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is in my notes. He's so happy on the island. He's not plagued by money. He's not plagued by dead people. He knows he's somewhere where anything could happen. He's happy cooking. He's he's so relaxed as he sits there and he tries to get Miles and his dad to talk to each other in the back seat. 
I love that too. I have that it's in my It's such notes. a good scene. It's such a good scene. And then he's really good at convincing Miles to give his dad another chance just by say, just by talking about his own experience with his father and by um, using that wonderful analogy between Darth Vader and uh, – Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, where, where yeah. he's just like, where he's just like, hey man, Luke overreacted and he lost a hand for it. I'm just saying he could still have his hand if he just talked to his dad. Well, one of my favorite <laughs> things about this episode too, it's such a small, such a quick moment, but it made me laugh and it made me realize exactly what you're saying about how truly happy Hurley is. He is, he's just so genuinely happy about not having any worries about being Chef Hurley. Mm-hmm. Like that is his that that's his purpose right now. There's and nothing Sawyer else. Knew it. And well, not only that, but when he's in the van with Miles and he start he looks at Miles, he's like, "Dude, did you?" Because he like like obviously instigated that maybe Miles fart past gas in the van, right? And Miles says to him like, "Maybe it's your garlic mayo." He's like, "That's not possible." Like he took. He was insulted by that because you could tell he takes pride in, in what he's doing. In what he's doing. Like, and that, like, I loved that moment so much. But there's so much of that in him this episode. Like, he's just so relaxed. And like, uh, Pierre Chang was like, um, Do you want to be in the kitchen the whole time? He's like, Hey, man, I like it there. Like, let's not <laughs> mess that up. And, he, and so he goes, Okay, well, do you want to scoop out polar bear poop? Nope. We're good. Polar bear poop. Got it. <laughs> I, I, I Lips are that. sealed. I love that moment <laughs> when, when they're getting back in the van and he's like, remember, and he's like, polar bear poop. Got it. Yep. But also, I mean, there isn't a better person that could have gone with Miles on this little excursion. Like anybody else would have been a little freaked out by the fact that he could sense dead people. And Hurley was just totally fine with it. He didn't care. In fact, he was just glad that somebody else had the same ability and it's not the same it's nowhere near the same but at least they had a common factor if anybody hears anything in the background i'm really sorry i hear my kids on the other side of the door so apologies (laughs) in advance (laughs) but yeah you're right they do have their abilities they do have similar abilities but they are different um Miles has the ability to talk to pretty much anyone after they've passed. And I don't think mm-hmm. he's, I don't think he sees visions of them. I think he's literally, it's voice, it's in voice only. It's feelings. Um, well, even when we see Miles as a young kid, like he basically can hear them. That's right. Cause but he's, then he's the when old he's man. older, but then when he's older, it seemed to be more of a feeling when he was doing his audition with Naomi. Well, I mean, if you think of feeling as a sense, you know, you know if, if you think of feeling as in sensing, hearing is a sense. So, that's I mean, true. yeah, yeah. But it, so is it, touch or feeling no, or whatever. But Hurley, on, but Hurley, on the other hand, physically sees the person that he's speaking with. And it mm-hmm. seems to only be people that he's known. Like, I yeah, don't think he ever talks. He never talks to anybody just random that he doesn't know. That's not true because he saw Christian, didn't he? Does he? When does he talk to Christian? In one of the first few seasons, doesn't he see Christian running through the jungle? I don't remember. Well, I mean, and the other person is the, well, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe he can see people that he's never met too, because let's not forget about Dave. 
Dave oh, was his yeah, Dave. Dave was his deceased friend. Yeah. Who I don't know if he had it's I don't think it's ever clear that he ever met Dave before Dave died, or mm-hmm. if Dave was just someone he spoke with. Well, and then there's somebody that he speaks to on the island, and I can't remember if it has already happened or if it's about to happen that he's speaking Spanish to. I don't know if that's happened yet because I don't remember okay. it. Because yeah, I, I, I keep waiting for that to happen, so maybe it hasn't happened yet. But there is a time where he d- he is talking to somebody on the island in Spanish, and he doesn't know who they are. Okay. So, but I mean, it makes it 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 does kind of open up the possibility of if he is able to talk to somebody, see and speak to someone mm-hmm. that he's never met before. Excuse me, such as Dave or Christian or whoever it is on the island that speaks Spanish. How many other people has he spoken with that he just never realized were dead? Yeah. Oh, that and that, if I were Hurley, I would trip out on that a lot. Whereas Miles knows the person that he's speaking with is dead because it's it's a voice. It's not a physical thing that he is seeing. And it's usually over a dead body, whether it's you know, underground or he can see the corpse. Like when he gets those feelings, he knows that it's he's because in, there's, there's he's a in body. The presence. Near- yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and I love it that Hurley, you know, Hurley's just like, you know, we can have the same ability manifest in two totally different ways, man. And Miles is just like, at first he's like really excited. It seems that there's somebody else that he could talk to about this. But then when he realizes that, Hurley can see them and talk to them. It, he seems to be less. He seems to be more in disbelief that Hurley is telling the truth or that actually that he has an ability. And Hurley's just like, Hey man, you know, you don't want to believe me. Fine. But we can have the same ability and have it totally be in two different ways. So screw yeah. you. <laughs> basically. Well, I love it be- because it's, it's kind of like this underlying thing when Hurley is saying that it's basically, he's saying, in some ways, he's kind of telling Miles, like, look, dude, I believe you. Why can't you believe me? Right. You know, just because it's not the same, we're the same. Like, it's right. And it's, and it's, he makes a, it, he makes a totally valid point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're right. Like, going back to real quick to that whole moment with Hurley and Miles and Pierre. That's that again is another one of my favorite moments of this because yeah. Hurley is just in the background and you know, like he's just having fun. Just he's, he's throwing all these seeds out there to plant yeah. as many of them as he can. And he's having a total blast doing it. Like he's like, Oh, like what's your, that's kind of cool. Like you have a three month old son. What's your son's name? His name is Miles. Well, isn't that a coincidence? (laughs) He is just having so much fun being like it. And it's literally, it's genuinely a good heart that he has that is doing this. Because he is a good person, which is Mm -hmm. why he's the best candidate for his ultimate job. Like he just proves over and over and over again, why he's, perfect for the position in which he's going to have uh, at the end of this show. So I, I really, I, I love Hurley in this episode. I love miles in this episode. Um, <laughs> you know, was, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was uh, interesting. It. To, it was interesting to me how 
Miles said while he was driving, we don't uh, run in the same circles. And Pierre answered with, I w- didn't realize there were circles uh, to be in. I'm paraphrasing. And that tells me that Pierre needs a friend or somebody, somebody on that Island. And I don't think, I think he's so into his work and his family that he doesn't even understand that there are different like hierarchies. There's different circles. Like he probably just thinks that everybody is like working on the same thing. And he doesn't even realize that there are other things happening outside of his own work on the Island. I would say yes. And I would say no. Um, okay. I, I do agree with you that like he, maybe that, that comment does kind of make him realize like, Oh, like I didn't realize there were circles. I like, m- am I not in any circles? Like, I, I feel like that would make him question, but I don't think he thinks everybody's into the same work because he does say at one point going back to the polar bear poop thing. Like he legitimately says like all those people on Hydra Island and their crazy experiments. Like he, he thinks he's above some people mm. on this Island in the work that they do. He probably thinks that he's above most people, right? I would think so. I mean, he's yeah. the one that's making all these videos for everything. He's the one that has this ability that he, as far as he knows, nobody else has. Right. Um, Dr. Marvin Candle. Dr. Marvin Candle. Well, God, what are some of the other names he goes by? We've got Pierre Chang, Marvin Candle. I mean, Chang isn't even his real last name either, since Mar- uh, Miles's last name is Strom. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean because, I mean, his mother could have gone back to a maiden name after they they left, even though she says he left us. I I, I don't know what that means now. Does he? I don't know. He, I don't know. I know exactly you, what okay. you're going to ask. All right. Because I questioned that same thing this episode. Okay. Because he left us could mean t- something totally different. It means he died. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, does he does he die during the incident? Yeah, we'll Uh, see in a few. On that note, I I didn't think it would happen, but in the moment where Pierre Chang gets out of the van and opens the the hidden gate, and they drive into the location of the hatch, seeing it in that form of as a construction site, my heart dropped a little bit. Me too. Because I know what's coming there. Me too. I like thinking about what's coming in about three or four episodes, just seeing that set for the first time in a while. I was like, Oh man, I didn't want to see that. I loved it that we all knew what the numbers were going to be when they were saying them. And then, you know, Hurley at the end was like 42 and miles is like, how did you know that? And I thought to myself, how is it that you didn't know that? (laughs) Well, because I don't think Miles is really tuned into the numbers. The numbers kind of was a thing before those guys even came to the island. I totally get it. Totally understand. But he's at least been with Sawyer and Jin for three years, and it's never come up in any casual conversation. Well, but that's kind of the thing that kind of goes back to how there's different circles. Like Miles and their security, they might not know what's they know of the site no, no, no that's no, no, not no, true no. that's either. not my point that's not oh. my point my point is is that if sawyer and Jin and miles they all work security they've all pretty much worked together for three years they haven't reminisced about 
things that they know about the island, about the button that needs to be pushed, about the numbers being so weird. Like it's just to me, I I it it just because I like to get to know people, I guess. It just mm-hmm. seems weird to me that it wouldn't come up in conversation. But I did like it that that whole thing happened. And he's like, yeah, something's going to happen. And it's going to um, it's gonna result in us having to push a button. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to have to push a button every 108 minutes to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> <It> sounds <laughs> it, ridiculous. It, it, and it is when you hear it in that way before you know everything that happens. Um, but that that made me think about something, too, is that, like, Sawyer had to know what they were doing there, right? Because he's head of security. And while miles didn't know what was going on because he wasn't in the know, the circle of trust, he wasn't in the circle of trust. LaFleur was. Mm-hmm. So LaFleur was the one making the runs for the bodies before miles did it. So Sawyer had to know what they were building there. Right. But also like what, how can Sawyer be knee deep in this and be okay with all of this? You know what I mean? Well, because Sawyer is kind of along for the ride. That's quite the ride to be along for when you know the outcome. Yeah, especially, well, but see, let's not forget too, that at this point in time, it was revealed a couple episodes ago that Daniel has already had the conversation with these guys that whatever happens, happens. So, At this point, Sawyer is probably along for the ride thinking like, well, there's nothing I can do to change anything. So I'm just going to go with it. So I I would have left the island with Juliet a long time ago. Oh, instead of keeping her instead of talking her into staying there. I mean, I know that they're there in case their friends arrive again. But after like a year, year and a half, I'd be like, let's go. Let's well, just I mean, go and, and put money on a big game that we know is going to happen and just live the rest of our rich. life. Just, you know, Biff Tannen the whole life. Right? <laughs> I would have done, trust me, I probably would have done the same exact thing. Oh, there's this guy, Tommy Lasorda. He's taking over as the manager of the Dodgers. He's right on the cover of this magazine. I know a career that he has. Let's bet on it. Let's bet on his career. Let's bet on the bet World on, Series. Bet on the success of Empire. Yeah, just buy stock in Lucasfilm or Disney or something. Which, this is going back to an earlier point, too, about how Hurley was in the backseat of the van just having a good time, trying just his good heart, just trying to get Miles and Pierre, Dr. Chang, to connect with one another, to actually mm-hmm. talk and, and spend time together and talking Miles into, like, like, hey, like he's here. You have an opportunity to spend yeah. time with him. Earlier in the conversation, or actually later in the conversation, when Miles discovers what the journal is that Miles has, it's Hurley basically trying to steal Empire Strikes Back, which... The minute he said, how do you spell bounty hunter? I knew what he was doing. (laughs) But it's like, okay, first off, Hurley, I apologize. That's not going to work because I'm pretty sure George Lucas already had the idea for Empire by the time Star Wars came out. So, yeah, but he made improvements. Remember? Well, that was what I was getting to. Yeah. He said I was rewriting Empire, but with some improvements. What if one of the improvements was the Emperor just trying to get Luke and Darth to connect with one another instead of fight? <laughs> that would make it so bad. <laughs> 
So that Luke, so that they become a father and son team and Luke never loses a hand. You know, so this came out after the prequels too, right? I think the first um, prequel was when I was in high school. So it was in the nineties. Oh yeah. Cause the, yeah. Star Wars episode one, I was, I think was 99. Oh, then I was in college. Whoops. Star Wars episode one, 99. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, and then so the, are, the plane this, crash was 2005, right? Yes. Okay. So, and episode three was 2005. So it was the year that law started. So I think that some of the improvements needed to be made with the prequels. Maybe, maybe that's early. what it was. <laughs> yeah, maybe not less trade talk, <laughs> less trade talk, more anything else. Well, that goes again. Now I have an even more problem with Hurley in this episode because Empire is arguably one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. Why mm. do you need to make improvements to it? Because he hated Ewoks in, epi- in episode six for some horrible reason. <sighs> and you know what? Hurley seems like somebody who would really like the Ewoks. And what was wrong with them? There's nothing wrong with the Ewoks. There's nothing wrong. We're getting away from the episode again. (laughs) Are we, though? No, we're not. Never. Not this time, we're not. It actually coincides with each other. (laughs) They actually connect with each other. Um, Um, Did you? I had a question for you. Go ahead. I don't remember. I don't remember. What do you got next? Yeah, I mean, we are kind of all over the place on this episode. But well, we start it, at the end. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, if we started at the end, it would have been Daniel returning to the island from Ann Arbor. Okay, uh, I was so excited that I cheered. Well, because it we're finally so going to get more Daniel. We haven't seen him for a couple episodes now. Four episodes. Point. Four episodes. He's only been mentioned. I, And he looked good, you know? He looked like he got some sun. <laughs> He looked like this off an island. He got sun. Yeah. It looks like, you know, the seventies really kind of helped him a little bit because that's what you think of when you go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. All I'm saying is he got off the sub and he looked better than he had the entire time we've seen him in the show so far. Well, because he went from being stranded on an island to actually being a part of civilization again. Well, and he has purpose. True. It was just good to see him. And it's something I'm going to have to keep an eye on, or both of us need we should probably keep an eye on as we go forward, because this is kind of like the the butterfly effect thing kind of happening. <clears throat> is if Miles was off island and he was doing research and he was working with other scientists. You mean who's the, Daniel? Da, who did I say? Miles? Miles. Sorry. Um Daniel was off island working on other with other scientists before he came back. Who's to say that some of the research he was just working on in 1970 is part of the research he based his own career on in present day? Oh, 100%. And he was probably working with his mom. Uh no because I think it's mm, Is his mom still on the island? No, I think his mom is still on the island at this point. Because remember, when they take Ben to Richard, they say Charles and Ellie. 
Oh, you're right. She's you're right. still on the island at this point. She's an other. Yes. Okay. You're right. I remember. Yeah, yeah she's still on island at this point. She's part of the others. Or hostiles or indigenous, whatever you want to call them. Although they're not yeah. indigenous. Well, they're I mean, some of them might be. She's not one of them. Her and Charles. No, but I think Richard might be. Oh, ri- no, because ri- Richard isn't indigenous either. Remember, he came over. Okay, the Black but he's Rock. been there for hundreds of years. All I'm saying is, if there's somebody who is from the island at this point, he's it. He's got. He's he's got tenure. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> as far as the others go, he's got tenure. He's the only one. He's the only one with tenure out of all of them. Yeah. Well, let's take a right turn for a second and talk about the other plot that's going on on the island um, with Roger Workman. <laughs> I love that you still, we still call him Roger Workman. He will always be Roger Workman to me. <laughs> when you say Roger Linus, it makes zero sense. <laughs> Who's Roger Linus? Yeah. Oh, Roger um, Workman got it. <laughs> oh, Roger Workman. Yeah, I mean, we do get the, the whole thing that kicks off is Roger comes in with supplies to for Juliet and comes to the big realization that Ben is not there anymore because Ben has been taken away. Yeah, and you know what's interesting to me is that Juliet didn't tell the truth here to to Roger just by saying he was going to die. We played our last card. Well, would he have accepted that? It's either death or this last card. As a parent, I would I would take any option. I uh, hmm. I don't know, because if you think about it, like these guys have kind of been it's kind of been ingrained in everybody that the others are hostiles. So to say that you gave your son up to the people that are supposed to be the most dangerous people on this island, that's just another form of a death sentence to me. I mean, why would you not look at it that way? I mean, not, and I'm not saying you. I'm saying no, no, no. Ben. I understand what you're saying. Why I, would Ben not seeing it like, okay, like you gave up my son dying here to you just gave him to these people that are hostile. I have no idea what they're going to do to him when, when you could have saved him here. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. I guess I just think of, you know, when kids are terminal in this day and age, you know, parents will usually try anything, any experimental treatment, any non-FDA approved thing, witchcraft, you know, acupuncture, praying, you know, people will try anything to keep their, their children alive. But, you know, Roger Workman is a very different kind of parent. Um, well, but you know, here's, here, here's another, here's another example of it though. And not, I'm not saying this to, to make things weird or anything like that, but make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter yep. is is sick. Mm-hmm. You can't save her. Doctors here can't save her, but you get the inclination that the Taliban can save her. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Nope. There that's that's it. I mean, these guys are oh, hostiles. My stomach They're did dangerous. A thing. That's what I mean. Like yeah. now you kind of understand why Ben might have why why Roger freaked out. Because like it's you're giving these you're giving my son to the most dangerous people that I know. Mm. Like I don't trust them. However, I don't he know. Always them. tells Ben, you know, it's your fault that your mom died, and he abuses him. Oh, it's it's absolutely too little. You know too, what I mean? Too little, too late from Roger. Right. Like you, yeah, it's a you brought this situation. on. You brought this on mostly yourself. Yeah. 
Because if you would have just given your son some attention, he wouldn't have seeked it from somebody who was locked up. Right. And got and himself the locked involved. up person wouldn't have taken pity on your son. Yes. And used him to his own advantage and then shot him when he was done with him. Well, I think that's also another reason why he is freaking out the way he is, too, is he's basically like, I think there is a part of Roger that absolutely blames himself for all of this. He's just mm. finding it in other outlets. Mm -hmm. He's expressing it in other ways. I think that you're right. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. It's interesting, too, because um, he wants to put he's, he's such an he's such an addict personality, just cliche addict, you know, he wants to put the blame on anybody. So the one person that's being nice to him, Kate, he's like, well, now I'm going to report her because I think she's involved, which she is. But at the, but from Roger's point of view, all she's doing is coming up to somebody who she considers like her first friend on the Island, maybe mm -hmm. and saying, I think everything's going to be okay. Like just trying to make him feel better. That's it. And she's not saying anything that somebody else wouldn't say. There was nothing that yeah. she said that was off. There was nothing that she said that would have that would have given anybody any kind of a, if if we didn't know Kate was involved and we heard that conversation. There is nothing in there that would one hundred percent anybody the idea that she was involved in taking Ben. In fact, if we were to watch that episode without knowing who Kate was. Right. Just like you said, mm -hmm. we would find Roger to be insane. Yeah, absolutely. Which he is. True. Which I mean, and at the same time, taking into account the whole whatever happened, happened. So mm -hmm. let's just say Ben being shot, being taken to the others, being healed, forgetting everything that happened, being returned back to the, the island or being returned back to Dharmaville. All of that actually happened with or without the, the the survivors, without Jack and Hurley and all those guys. All of this stuff happens. We still get visions later. We still get scenes later of seeing Ben older with his father because he kills his father, mm -hmm. where his father is still incredibly abusive to him. Right. So all of this stuff that happened, as crazy as Roger is being right now over grief of possibly losing his son, it doesn't change Roger. Right. It doesn't make him yeah. say like, oh, I need to be a better father. No, you still become an abusive dick to your son. Even <laughs> right. after he's even after he's recovered. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change you at all. Right. Like it, That's like it, it, and I think a lot of that is because, like you mentioned, it's an addictive personality. He's right. He's addicted to alcohol. He's addicted to abusing. Like it's it. That doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Even even. I mean, Jesus, Ben losing his daughter changes Ben, but like almost losing Fundamentally. Ben, yeah, but almost losing Ben doesn't change his father. Yeah. That yeah, right you're there, totally right. That right there shows that Ben and his father are completely different people. Well, Maybe and not it at also, first. It also, well, it also proves that something is so broken with the two of them that it was never going to get repaired. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I really enjoyed the scene between Roger and Jack. Of um, all people to fix this situation or at least curtail it in, it's Jack. It's funny because you see his doctor bedside manner in the very beginning. And then the minute Roger, 
like implicates Kate as a possible accomplice, you see him completely change. Like he's now going to protect Kate. He's going from concerned doctor to protective boyfriend. And he just, when he advances on him and gets real close to him and he's like, I don't know that I would do this. You know, I, I forget what he said exactly. I, I do too. I don't remember everything he says, but I kind of, I almost kind of think this is Sawyer influence on Jack. Okay. So I said, Roger has a Sawyer vibe in this, like he's kicking away stuff and he's being erratic. And I think that Jack has dealt with Sawyer in this state for so long that he knows how to deal with him. Well, not only that, but like he's seeing Jack is starting to see, especially now with everything that's going on, how Sawyer isn't trying to plan out every step like Jack did. Mm -hmm. He's basically just flying by the seat of his pants like a con man does. Like he has to be able to think on the fly Mm -hmm. and be able to adapt to whatever's happening. And I think this is a great example of Jack doing that. He hears Kate's name and instinctively it's like, okay, I got to think on the fly. Yeah. And And that's what Sawyer does. And he does incredibly well. Like it, well, and- because I don't think Jack has ever been a con man before, and he was forced into this con man life because he has to pretend that he's somebody yep. else on this island. Like he has no other choice. So I think I think that you're absolutely correct in in the fact that he now has to take knowledge from the one person that he has <laughs> never wanted to take wisdom from, and that's Sawyer. But it's working. It's working yeah. for him very well. Well, but I also think, too, the whole idea of Jack stepping up and taking Roger's shift. Um, at the same time, that's also kind of Jack needs to keep himself busy mm. because otherwise he's going to go back to being Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> Jack <laughs> so, just sucks. So, so taking that responsibility, we didn't get to play. Jack it. just sucks. So we'll just use we it. didn't think that we were going to play it this episode either. No, we didn't. Th- we didn't really have a reason to play it. No, this episode. we didn't. He was great because he was a team player. And I, 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 I think going forward from this point on, we're we're going to be able to play that sound clip less and less. And it's going to go bye bye. It's it's going to go away, and then that's when we'll switch to bullshit. <laughs> oh, uh, I Jack, apologize to anybody that's tired of us, but you know, is, you're listening. Is that so. going to be the worst forever? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I do think that Roger had um, every right to get wasted drunk. Um, well, that's on the, the way he deals. Well, I mean, also, you know, your son was almost dying. Now he's missing. Nobody's telling you what's going on. You hate your job. You can't get off the island. I would be on a swing set with a six-pack of beer as well. Fuck beer. I'd be there with a bottle of Jack. Well, I don't know what they have on the island. I know they have Dharma beer, so. That's true, yeah. Yeah, Dharma Dharma beer we know is steadily available. Right. uh, Because they tend to find it even in the present. 
you know, if I'm stranded on an island and that's all I have is 30-year-old cans of beer, I'd try it. <laughs> but I mean, again, it ties it together because the beer that Sawyer finds in that van is Roger's beer. Roger Workman's beer. It's Roger Workman's beer. So I love those loose connections when they all come together and such. I do too. And I do like the fact that we see, it's fun to see because Sawyer has grown so much as a character over the last five seasons. And I feel like looking at Roger is kind of like looking at a season one Sawyer a little bit and how off-putting Roger is in this episode and how erratic he is in this episode. And that's something that we haven't seen from Sawyer like in seasons. Yeah. So yeah, it's no, I agree. I, I, I agree. Somebody kind of has to fill the role. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, it's Roger. Yeah. And it's even kind of like, and I found it interesting as well, too, that when Sawyer comes home to Juliet and finds Jack there, um, first off, well done on Sawyer for not assuming anything was happening because he completely has trust in Juliet. Like he would. That, that relationship is so solid. It, he had. There was never an inclination that something mm-hmm. was going on between Jack and Juliet. But right. Sawyer does seem genuinely surprised that Jack stepped up and helped the situation. Because like, that's not what Jack has ever That's not done. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're all, everybody's playing different roles right here. Like Jack is being cool. Sawyer's a leader. Juliet's totally chill. Kate's like, trying to like calm the situation. Kate and Juliet are getting along really well. I mean, it's just. Interesting. I, I I don't know what else to say about and it, that. And it's weird because you're it's right. Pleasant. Like ev- everything is coming together. Like everybody is getting along. Everybody's working together. And that's when everything goes to shit. I know. <laughs> you know, that's when like, <laughs> even when Roger storms out of there, Juliet looks at Kate and she's like, here we go. Like she yep. knows this is the beginning of the end at this point. Well, how and about then- also Sawyer popping off at, um, What's his face? I was just, that's what I was just going to okay, say. Go ahead, like, go ahead, go ahead. And then it go, and then it gets to the end where we find out, and I don't remember the character's name either, but like apparently miles did not delete the tapes, but that's because he kind of got pushed into this. What, whatever he Dead was body on. situation. So it, it kind of slipped his mind or he just didn't have an opportunity to do it. No, the he was picking are... out the tape. Remember the so tape how... was ejected and he walked away completely forgetting that he had ejected that tape. Okay, well, that's what I mean. Not, yeah. He got he got caught up in in everything right. else, so it it got neglected. Um, but the tape is discovered. It's discovered that Sawyer is the one that took Ben out, and he. The last thing we hear Sawyer say in this episode is "Get some rope, <laughs> get a rope, <laughs> get a rope," because it's it's and, and you're and like everything is coming together, but now everything is falling apart in a yeah. different way, and it's yeah. It sucks because they are. If had this not happened, they could have probably lived here for years. Mm-hmm. Because like like everybody's getting along, everybody's working together, and now it's the 70s. It it just goes to shit. And we're gonna see it because now everything's gonna start collapsing. Yeah, I know. I know. It's gonna get messy. But, you know, for right now, they're all working together. They're are all coexisting. Hurley's happy, writing in his journal about Star Wars. Miles is attempting to have some sort of a connection with his father. Daniel's back. Hallelujah. <laughs> the only person that's kind of in the weeds at this point is Saeed. 
Who knows where he is? Because well, we don't. No, in the weeds. He's in the weeds. That's why I use that expression. It's totally son, not. It just worked. Son, son is off somewhere with Ben doing God knows what. Lapidus is trying to stop a mutiny on the beach. Yep. From Elena and the rest of the shadow of the statue people. Locke body is animated and on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much happening and it's there is it's all going to culminate soon and i love it um, um go ahead <laughs> i did love seeing naomi i thought it was great to see her again yeah i mean she's a great character and wish we got more time with her mm-hmm. it looked like she was wearing a wig she might have she could have been working on a different project well, I know too. that she was in that show Las Vegas for a while. Yes, she was. I love that show, by the way. I did too. I was so sad when it got canceled. I know because it didn't get an ending. Nope, and it ended on a cliffhanger. I know. I'm still mad about it. So bad. I mean, and the cliff the, the, the fact that it ended on a cliffhanger. Not right, the show. right, right. <laughs> got it. <laughs> the show was great. James Caan and who took over for Josh Duhamel? Oh, who yeah. did take over for James Caan? Um. It, Ted Danson, that was CSI. Is it Alec Baldwin? No. No. Um, I'm going to look it up because it's going to bother me. But somebody did take over for James Caan in that series. I think in the last... Why do I... Why do I feel... No. Oh, uh, Tom Selleck. Yes. Tom yes. Selleck took over for James Caan as the head of the casino. I miss that show. Anyways. I do too. Um, Miles, I my first note that I had, because I've literally gone from the bottom all the way up to <laughs> my first note. I should I should cross off stuff that we talked about as you're talking. Um, is how much I love Miles, Miles's power. I think he has such a cool power. I can see why it would be a um a bit of a curse, but what a neat trick, you know? And he can make some money off of it, which is great. Well, and that's the thing. Like he sees it as an opportunity to make money, and but at the same time, I love the fact that we, because we we kind of get the inclination in the beginning of the episode when he's talking to the guy about his son, and he says, Hank. "Well, this is going to cost." Yeah, Hank from Breaking Bad. Um, and, you know, when he says, "Oh, this is going to cost more," and then completely cons him, and we're like, "Oh, Miles is nothing more than another con man," and then we get the scene at the end when he returns. Mm-hmm. And like he returns the money to him and he tells him, like, I lied to you. Like, but we find out like it's the inner trauma in Miles that does it because he tells him, like, if you really wanted to know that your son loved you, you should have told him. You should have made sure you told him him when he was was there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he returned the money, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like he does have a good heart in there. Well, he did that too another time when he went up to check out like it was somebody's son who had committed suicide or something. Yeah. Like but that. that's only because he found the stash of money in his room. Ah, he found the son's stat, the grandson's stash of money. So he returned the grandmother's money. He still made money on that one. You know, he should have left them all that money too, but yeah, miles, you know, miles goes through his own journey. True. But I mean, again, he didn't have to return the grandmother's money either. No, he didn't. I mean, he he's did got the job. a good, there's a good man in him, but his dad issues have clouded 
everything else in his life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thankful and, and thankfully Hurley kind of helps improve that a little bit because we do get that moment at the end of the episode where he is looking in the window and he sees that his dad was genuinely a loving father. Yeah. He's that was there, sweet. Miles is on his lap. He's reading miles, a book about a polar bear, polar bear poop. Got it. <laughs> and, and miles gets choked up seeing this. I think this is the first he's realizing that his father really did love him. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of ended probably more tragically than he ever knew. And maybe that's what his mom was protecting him from. Or could it be, or could it have been bitterness by his mother? Like telling him your father left us. She could have very easily said, well, your father died. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, we don't know yet. We'll find out in a couple episodes. Cause I honestly don't remember. Um, but I mean, like, She's like, if he does end up abandoning them, that is, she has legitimately legitimacy for protecting him. Mm -hmm. But if not, if, if it's the incident that kind of takes him away from them, then she's kind of bitter about like, she blames, why would you want to protect him from your father's death? Mm hmm. By saying like, oh, he left us. Right. Right. That's I kind guess of we'll bitterness. See. Yeah. yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. That's all. I like Miles' story a lot. I think they did a really good job with it's it. It's very complicated, but it's complicated in a good way. Mm-hmm. Because I it, agree. it just, it's very heartfelt, complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated as, oh, who shot who, when, and where. Right. <laughs> Right. And did it really happen? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> God, what is happening? No, Miles is is very straightforward. It's father son, another father son dynamic. Mm. That there are so many of. Them in but show. this one is almost a positive father son dynamic. Where in the past, like with Jack and his dad, and Sawyer and his dad, and Locke and his dad. Wait, yeah, those are all really negative outcomes. And I well, feel like Miles getting a second chance with his dad in this episode is very positive. It's a different twist. Well, because you're right. It's all the other con- all the other ones we have are either negative or unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. They're incomplete. Yeah. This is one where because I do think there are we do still get a couple more moments with Miles and Dr. Chang. Yes. Before the incident happens. Um I think they're good moments too. They are. I think I'm pretty sure they are good moments. They I'm are miles. If he ever actually says like, up. I'm your son. I can't remember if he does or not. Because honestly, if there's anybody that's going to believe him, I think it's going to be Pierre Chang. Marvin candle, Marvin candle. I was just going to say <laughs> Marvin candle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice what, um, Naomi said to miles when they were, um, at the end of his audition about the job offer? No. So it was interesting to me because she said that there was a number of deceased individuals on the island that they would need his assistance in finding out what happened to these individuals. And then they also find out, and then you also find out that, um, I and I forget how we know this because I had it up and 
I didn't write it down, but the picture, oh, oh, the man that died was bringing Widmore the pictures of the open graves and the purchase for the, for the plane. For the airplane, yeah. Right, that was going to um, be the decoy plane to show that these people had all died in the car, cr- in the plane crash. So, I mean, for the people that thought for the entire series, oh, these are all the, all the uh, survivors, they're just dead. They're just deceased. And this is like purgatory or something. It's interesting that this comment was made at this point in this episode about Miles going to talk with or to find out what happened with a number of deceased individuals. And I'm wondering if that was an, um, I'm, I'm wondering if that was a point of maybe Oceanic 815 were the deceased individuals, or maybe it was mass graves because of the purge, or maybe it was something different. So it's, in, I, I just, I wonder what the rest of that conversation was, uh, was going to look like if he didn't walk out. Yeah. Or not ask more questions. Yeah. I don't know because I do have the airplane. Um, where is it? Uh, the airplane purchase order in my notes. Um, and the, the, the number of deceased people that are, we, you know, they'll need to speak with. It almost makes me wonder because we also know that at the same time that they arrived, uh, Kimi and the rest of those soldiers also arrived as well. Mm. Maybe the people were the people that Kimi were sent in to kill. And then miles was supposed to speak to them afterwards. Mainly, mainly being Ben. Like well, they said miles- that Ben was going to be hard to find, but is was it Ben that was going to be hard to find, or is were they on a search for Jacob or the Man in Black? I my my instinct, my initial instinct when I heard that conversation was they were looking for Jacob, which is why you think that um, Bram maybe said, "Hey, don't don't go down this road." Yeah, because they're they're supposed to protect Jacob, right? They're like the disciples. Yes. Uh, my my main instinct when I heard that conversation with Naomi is that they're looking for Jacob. So you because think they're, they're on the Jacob side, not the man in black side? I, I think they're on who? Bram? And, Bram. Oh, yeah. I think they're on the Jacob side. Okay. They, I think absolutely they're Jacob disciples. Um, oh, yeah. Because Whitmore is on the side of man in black. I got it. Well, because let's not forget, Whitmore, Charles Whitmore is very bitter that he was exiled because I because up until Ben rescued Danielle or rescued um, Alex from Rousseau. Well, kidnapped Alex from Rousseau. Charles Whitmore believed that he was supposed to be the chosen one. Mm. And then Ben became the chosen one. So when Charles was exiled, he knew that Ben had a connection to Jacob because he was supposed to have that connection with Jacob. So he's bitter. So why would he not be going there to find Jacob? And why would he not use Ben to get there? Mm. I'm glad that Jacob finally uh, changed up his tactics and chose somebody who was a little bit more humble, modest, less egomaniacal than Woodmore and Ben. Oh, you mean Hurley? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I looked this up too, by the way, uh, while we were speaking, um, miles actually saves his dad during the incident. No, I don't want to know. Oh no, no. I was just going to say Pierre Chang does not die during the incident. Okay. That was, that was the only thing. 
no, that was the only thing I was going with that. Okay. Um, because and because that he he just doesn't die. Uh, Pierre Chang dies during the purge. Got it. So, um, which oh well, again, that makes sense because he was making all those videos. Yes, and way the other after. And the other reason I was looking this up was because I wanted to know the other AKAs. Uh, Pierre Chang is his real name. Okay. Uh, Dr. Pierre Chang is his real name, but he is also known as Dr. Marvin Candle, Dr. Mark Wickman, and Dr. Edgar Hallowax. Okay. Which he used for security purposes. <laughs> Should have blurred his face. <laughs> Dumbass. Well, but again, like, but that, but, but also at the same time, there's those inner circles again. Right. Because he's able to use different names because nobody ever sees him. Like right. they don't see him in person. Mm -hmm. There are absolutely different cliques of researchers or people on this island that they, he can use different names in the videos because they never meet him. That makes so much sense. Or he does meet them, but all these groups are so far removed from each other yeah. that he can move between all of them and, and play be a different person master. every time. Yep. Yeah. That makes more sense for that character. Well, may, or maybe it's the whole Hurley telling or Miles telling him there are inner circles that leads him to decide to do this. That is also probable. Because realizing there are inner circles that people don't connect with, he can then be, well, I can use a different name now. Yeah. Because they don't talk to each other. So well done, Miles. Yeah. You created oh, Dr. Edgar Hallowax. And Dr. Marvin, Marvin Candle. Candle. <laughs> and Dr. Mark Wickmond. That's awesome. Oh, Pierre. Good job, Pierre. Um... I'm, I'm looking through my notes. I, 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 I think I've covered most of. I've the, got everything. The big thing you've covered everything on yours. Yep. Um, the only things I have, I think I have like two little things, and they're um, we got to see three sixteen again on the microwave. It's how the episode opens. Is uh the microwave going and the the time on the microwave is three sixteen. Uh, and the only other thing I have too is when it just made me laugh is when they send Miles to Sector three three four to get the body, and Miles they unzip it and he sees the what he thinks is a bullet hole at the time because he hasn't spoken to the guy yet. Yeah, and he says like, and he asks what happened. He's like, oh, he fell into a ditch, and he's like, oh, well, that looks like a bullet hole. The ditch had a gun. <laughs> like, I just thought that was I just thought that was a funny line if I was Miles in that situation I'd be like you know I'm just gonna stay silent try not to die the way this man just did well yeah he could he could have just been like you know what I'm not gonna say anything I'll just ask the dude myself right which he ends up doing right. anyway right and he finds out that it's not a bullet hole it's literally his cavity being pulled through his head which that's quite the hell, cavity that's a hell of a way to go it's a hell of a way to go. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all my notes. Yeah, that's all I have too. On the episode, yeah, Miles returns the money, origin of the hatch, and the serial numbers, early interrogating Dr. Chang, airplane purchase order. Yeah, I think that's a uh, I think that's everything. 
Um, next episode, I should have had this pulled up, but I didn't. Uh, season five, episode 14. Bear with me for one second. Oh, yeah, this is what happens when I don't prepare. We only have a couple episodes left of the season. I even saw the episode that was next, and I have forgot the name. Oh, The Variable, which is a, uh, I'm pretty sure, is a Faraday episode. And that's a good episode, if I remember correctly. Any uh, Faraday episode. It's a mind trip. Dead is Dead, which was the last episode we covered, got an 8.7. Some Like It Hoth was an 8.2. And then The Variable was up to an 8.7 again. Yep. Uh, followed by Father the Leader, which is an 8.6. And then The Incident, part one and two, which are in the nines. Yeah. It's a good season. Season five is a good season. We're going to be done this season in three episodes of the podcast. Good. Because um, we're going to be The Variable, Follow the Leader, and then we're going to be covering the incident parts one and two in the same episode. Fun. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Des is actually going to join us. I think for, so. For that one, too. Uh, but on that note, we do have some feedback this week. Uh, before we get to it, though, we want to encourage you to leave us feedback as well. The easiest way to do that is just by visiting our website, revisitedpod.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, emails, uh, the ability to leave a voicemail, video versions of the podcast, where to subscribe to the audio, and all of that is all right there. So uh, go to revisitedpod.com. So yeah, so we have a voicemail from our buddy Steve Brown and an email from our friend Des, uh, which you have, right? Yep. Do you want to start with that or should we start with the voicemail? Uh, let's start with the email. Okay, go for it. Okay. This is from Des Combs. And he writes, hey guys, time to straighten out the Dharma Purge timeline. Oh, here we according, go. <laughs> according to the Lost Encyclopedia... When we meet Eloise in her group in Jughead, it is 1954, not the 30s or 40s. The Dharma Initiative came to the island in 1970. The Dharma Initiative had an armed conflict with the natives in 1973. Ethan was born in 1977 when he was around when he was around 10. He did seek out the others, as Ben had done earlier, and did in fact help with the purge in 1987. According to the wiki, only 51 died in the purge. I'm guessing the natives chose this time, maybe because the staff was limited. Maybe after the incident, there were less families on the island and only essential personnel. Not too long after the purge in 1988, a very pregnant Danielle Rousseau and her team arrived on the island and encountered Jin. Soon, her whole team is dead, Jin vanishes, and she delivers Alex. Ben and Ethan kidnap Alex, and Ben refuses to kill her to hot Charlie, I mean, a young Charles Woodmore. <laughs> it was hot Charlie. Okay, I'm coming around on the shoes, but not why you think I am. I said Christian had on white shoes because Jack gave him the white shoes. I stand by that, but... Why did John slash man in black have black shoes? Jack gave him the black shoes, the black shoes owned by Christian Shepherd. the shoes that were given to Jack by who? His grandfather, the same grandfather who I think we all agree knows something about the island and the Dharma initiative. Whew. <laughs> I was going to argue about the Charles Woodmore Biff Tannen connection, but my mind is too blown right now. Recently, someone mentioned that Doc Brown's first name is Emmett, which is time backwards. And that's all I can think about. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I would be more than happy to, to guest for the incident. You only want me there so you can hear me sobbing while we talk about redacted dying. 
<laughs> and then there's a really nice picture of hot Charles Woodmore attached to the email, which is really nice. Hot Charlie. Well, I mean, I, I and first off, thanks, Des, for, for the email and for clearing up a lot of the timeline. The only mm-hmm. thing I'll kind of contest a little bit is that even on the wiki, they're even they're a little confused as to when the purge actually happens. Because even when I looked up Pierre Chang, it says he died in the purge. It says death December 19th, 1987 or 1992. So even on the wiki, they don't even know what year the purge happened. It's either 87 or 92. Um, But I do agree with the fact that that it could have been limited because of the the incident. Yeah. I mean, they could have evacuated most of the families off the island. I would get rid of anyone who was non-essential. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, send everybody back to the mainland. Yeah. Take a couple submarine trips and send them all home. I forgot about our Biff Tannen, Charles Woodmore uh, <laughs> connection, which I think is great. I love the fact that he just recently discovered that Emmett is time backwards. I didn't know that. No. Nope. Yep, today I was today years old. Yep. That's another one. Because of those I spell Emmett with future. two T's with, with two M's. Well, I think it, it, I think it does depend on the spelling. I think even in back to the future, it's discover it's, um, it's this, it's spelled with two T's. Um, but Usually it's just Emmett a, is also spelled with two M's. It is. It's E M M E T T. But if you think of the phonetic, the phonetic, pronunciation of of emmet which is e-m-i-t that is time that is the reason why he is named emmet interesting because it's time backwards but they just spell it the proper way but phonetically it's e-m-i-t which is time backwards that's back in time sorry all right (laughs) let's go to let's go to steve let's go to steve's voicemail uh but here it is our voicemail from steve brown I can't hear you anymore. All right, Ben and Kristen, here we go. It's we go. Uh, Lost Season 5, Episode 13, Some Like It Hoth. Oh, this is Steve. The title's obviously got a bit of uh, a callback to uh, Return of the Jedi, right? Because Hoth, or was that Empire when they were on Hoth? Maybe it was. Oh, this is a Miles episode. Young Miles. Oh, how ominous. Welcome to the Circle of Trust. Love Hurley. Wait, are you on some sort of secret mission? No, just go. (laughs) Juliet, well, here we go. He's going to security. We'll see what happens. So Hurley recognizes a dead body in the van with him. Oh, this guy was killed at the, uh, the, what station where the magnetism happens? Yeah. Oh, the return of Naomi recruiting Miles. And of course, Roger's uh, reaction is to drink. Oh, so now we're seeing more of the recruitment of Miles with Naomi. Oh. Oh, these guys are building the hatch. Oh, that's right. You said Dan's been off the island, so now he's back. Hmm. Oh, it, it cut off. What the hell? Hold on. We're going to play it from the beginning. We're going to start it over. <laughs> All right, Ben and Kristen, here we go. It's uh, Lost Season 5, Episode 13, Some Like It Hoth. Oh, this is Steve. The title's obviously got a bit of uh, a callback to uh, 
Return of the Jedi, right? Because Hoth, or was that Empire when they were on Hoth? Maybe it was. Oh, this is a Miles episode. Young Miles. Oh, how ominous. Welcome to the Circle of Trust. <laughs> Love Hurley. Wait, are you on some sort of secret mission? No, just go. Yes. <laughs> Juliet, Will, here we go. He's going to security. We'll see what happens. So <laughs> Hurley recognizes a dead body in the van with him. Oh, this guy was killed at the, uh, the what station where the magnetism happens? Yeah. Oh, the return of Naomi recruiting Miles. And of course, Roger's uh, reaction is to drink. Oh, so now we're seeing more of the recruitment of Miles with Naomi. Oh, oh, these guys are building the hatch. Oh, that's right. You said Dan's been off the island, so now he's back. Hmm. Oh, I guess that really all there was. <laughs> I thought it got cut off, but that's there apparently was, all there is. Yeah, nothing else. I like it that everything right. starts with, oh, oh, oh. oh. And then <laughs> I for, I didn't realize that he said young Miles. I thought he said yum Miles. And I was like, all right. I mean, <laughs> like, he's, no, he's no Charles Whitmore. Uh, nobody is. The young Charles Whitmore. <laughs> Me, hot Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, I'm sorry, not young Charles Whitmore, yum Charles Whitmore. Yum Charles Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you got a double dose of Steve because we played it twice because we thought it got cut off. Bo, so apologies yes. for that. Um, but thanks, Steve and Des, for the feedback. Des, well, I'll contact you to work out a time for, uh, for you to come on the incident since it's going to be in about two weeks. Um, but again, ways to, to leave voicemails and feedback and all that fun stuff. Just go to revisitedpod.com. Yes. Uh, I think it's my week for recommendation. Yes, or at sir. Least or at least it's going to be now. Uh, so I, I've had a show pitched to me. This is my MO. Somebody tells me about a show I should check out, and it takes me like years to finally check it out. I'm familiar New girl. Justified. Justified. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, which I finally jumped back into Justified too, because now that the Oscar scene is season is over, I can I can go back to it. Um But my one of my other friends and another podcast co-host of mine, um, former podcast co-host of mine, told me about a show on History Channel that he told me that gave me the rundown of the story and then told me about the show behind it that's that's covering it. It's called The Curse of Oak Island. Oh, yeah. I I was so intrigued by the story of this island. And then by the se- like he told me there's a series on it. It's been on for seasons. Like he's been yep. telling me about it. I finally started watching it. It's in its 10th season right now. So very clearly it's 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 this island up in the North Atlantic right off the coast of Canada where there's stories and rumors about a treasure that's buried there. And they don't know whether it's, it's pirate or it's Knights Templar or even earlier than that. And for 200 years, treasure hunters have gone there and nobody's they've discovered caverns and passages and stuff, but nobody discovered any kind of thing worth value until these guys came in and they finally started discovering little trinkets and stuff of value. So apparently since the show has been on for 10 seasons, very clearly they have not found the treasure yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I watched the first episode. I finally decided to watch the first episode and I was hooked from the 
first episode and the first season is only five episodes, but I watched the whole first season last night. Wow. And now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to continue on watching this. And I had a friend when I posted about it on Facebook, I had a friend who, who posted on Facebook, who replied, he's like, it's been 10 seasons of frustration and I'm still hooked. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep watching and who knows, maybe they'll find something. So, but I did, I Googled it last night as like, have the treasure, has the treasure ever been found? And apparently like they have found many objects of value, but they've never found like a, like a mother load treasure, like a national treasure. treasure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I told a friend of mine last night too. I'm like, these guys have been doing this for 10 years and haven't found anything. Nick Cage found it in two hours. Yeah. Actually, he found, he found two treasures in four hours. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Like if Nick Cage can do it. I can't wait for the third one. I hope it's still happening. I just don't even care. I I, I don't care how outlandish it is. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. It's been rumored for a while, and I think Nick has said he's willing to do it as long Here's as the script. script. Yeah. Um. I think because even even some of the characters, like two of the, two or three of the characters, appeared in the Disney Plus series, so the characters are still it's canon. Now, like Riley was in there and Harvey, the agent, the FBI agent, the Harvey Keitel plays is in the television, the Disney plus series. So I'm, uh, I really hope there's a third one. Me too. Especially because of what I, what the page is. Oh yeah. Like, like they set it up for a third one. Just give us a third one already. I, I love yeah. it. I love yes, those please. movies. I love those movies. They're my favorites. Yeah. They're so, they're those so are the fun. movies that if you see them on TV, you sit down and you watch it. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. You're like, oh, National Treasure's on? Great. There's two hours of my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so The Curse of Oak Island on History. Uh, it's also available on Peacock. The first uh, eight seasons, first seven seasons are available on Peacock. And then seasons eight and nine are on Hulu. And 10 is only on history. So um, it's in three different places, but a bulk of it is on Peacock right now. Uh, So the Curse of Oak Island is my recommendation for this week, especially if you're into treasure hunting and and stuff like that. The other two things I'll recommend real quick is because we are recording on the same day as Star Wars Celebration Europe, two new trailers just released, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, The trailer for Ahsoka just released, which I immediately thought of Kristen when I first saw it this morning. Uh, and at Star Wars Celebration, they released the first full trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which looks amazing. Yeah, Dave's going to be really happy about that, too. He's a big indie fan. I mean, look, I mean, we can get Kingdom past- of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, we can we can kind of <laughs> I there are elements of that movie I enjoyed. I haven't even it, seen it all the way through. I fell asleep, but it's, never revisited it. It's no Raiders or Temple of Doom or fucking last crusade man is last crusade is the best one last crusade is easily the best indiana jones movie yeah but i don't watch temple of doom saw it once scared me to death as a kid (laughs) i was done after that nope i i just recently found out i know we're we're towards the end anyway but i just recently found out that temple of doom if you look at the time indiana jones's timeline temple become temple happens before raiders then why did he ever go on another journey? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just hate Temple. I, I just I just love Temple of Doom more now because of Kihukon. Like now, short round. <laughs> you call him Doctor Jones. <laughs> well, um, on that note, we should uh, say our goodbyes. And- yeah, <laughs> yeah. On that, uh, any final notes before we head out? I don't have any. No. Uh, no. The only thing I will say is this: you'll be hearing this the day after. But um, hope everybody had a happy Easter. Oh yeah, Easter. <laughs> if you celebrate, <laughs> we can. I don't happy celebrate. Easter. Yeah, I don't celebrate. Eat the so Easter candy. I'll be eating Easter ham. Easter candy is the best. Reese's peanut butter eggs. Yeah, well, I already got them downstairs. I will leave it at that. We have we bought the variety pack where it's white chocolate and milk chocolate. I don't like white chocolate. I think it's garbage, but my family loves white chocolate. You know what's funny? I used to love white chocolate growing up. And I've since shifted that I love dark chocolate now. Yeah, it's way and, better. And not white chocolate. I'll still white eat white gross. chocolate if it's available. But if I have the oh. choice between white chocolate or dark chocolate, I'm taking dark chocolate every White chocolate is so time. gross. It's not even chocolate. It's, it's not chocolate. sugar. Yeah. And that's all it tastes like. No, it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> all right. On that note. <laughs> White chocolate is garbage. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> uh, next episode, Lost Season 5, Episode 14, The Variable, which is a Daniel Faraday episode, which I'm highly looking forward to getting to. Uh, but until next time, thank you for oh, first and lastly, thank you for being a part of the family of this podcast, for listening, for subscribing, all that fun stuff. But tell until a friend. Next, what, what's that? Tell a friend. Oh, tell lots of friends. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody. Uh, But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. It's a rabbit. Bunny ears. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.